We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. Yo, what up? Welcome to the corner. We are coming at you from Insert Coins Bar and Arcade in downtown Vegas. Get ready for an hour of wrestling, boxing, and MMA talk. I'm Kel Dansby, journalist for BSO. And I'm Andreas Hale, journalist for Ring Magazine, Share Dog, and a bunch of other places. And this week, we're talking about the UFC's new Reebok deal. Crazy pay structure came out with that. We had a WWE payback coming up, an amazing Raw that just happened. And we're recapping the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. But first, I have to tell you about the post-fight turn-up from yeah. last weekend. You talk about yours, because mine was turned down. Yeah. <laughs> Andre's over here looking sad, like someone just kicked his dog. Twice. Yeah. So, my post-fight turn-up, after, after the fight went down, everybody, you know, dispersed from MGM. The strip wasn't as crowded as I thought, so I was like, cool. No traffic. Headed straight over to Marquee. In the Aria or the Cosmo, wherever it is. Cosmo, I think. Yeah. So, parking the Cosmo, no traffic, no nothing. I'm like, yo, this is easy. Going up in there. Uh, Andreas, he'll tell you why in a second, wasn't there. So, I'm like, all right, cool. Walking up the stairs, still nobody, no urban loitering. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is going to be a good night. I was like, Jay is in there. Beyonce probably come through. She just shut down the internet. I was like, all right, dope. This is going to be a cool night. Come up the escalator. Urban loitering at its best. <laughs> what? It's a sea of people. Nobody's moving in. No one's getting in. I'm like, damn, yo, I, I got to get inside. We got the table, the full cabana. I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to have a drink and chill. So get in line, find my people, everybody I'm with. Uh, have four open spots. Hit up friend to the show, Jamila. Mm -hmm. She was staying in the hotel. Like, yo, come through. She came through. 
chilled at, at the cabana. Her and her friends, shout out to Jamila. So we're in there. It took us an hour and a half to get from the line to get our cabana into the club. Sounds like New Year's. Yo, there was two elevators. There's three. One's broken. Two elevators to get upstairs to the club. They're tight. They're taking their shoes off. Like, everybody in crowd is crazy. A dude walks up like, yo, I'll pay you 50 Gs right now to get in. Damn. Table, whatever. They're like, nah, you good. Hold that. Can't come in. Damn. Turning down 50 Gs. I'm in line. I'm like, yo, I'm just playing it cool. We get inside, though. Worth the turn up. Everyone's going crazy. Good DJ. Swiss Beats comes on, does a set, playing all the hits. Bottles of liquor. I still got, it was so much liquor, I couldn't drink it all in the club. They let me take it home. They gave me a doggy bag for liquor. Damn, son. I got a Magnum bottle of Grey Goose right now chilling at the crib. That's a good look. Yo, couldn't even drink it all. It, it was bananas, tables, the, the kid from Fantastic Four was next to me at a table. Michael B. Jordan, all right. Yeah, yeah, you know, Tyson Beckford. We in there going crazy, people standing on furniture. That's how you do it. You got to stand on couches. Yo, you got to stand on furniture. Everybody's lit. It, it was an amazing night. That's how fight weekends are supposed to be. No matter what someone thought of the fight, that's, that's how you celebrate a Mayweather weekend. You get late, you stand on furniture, you, you, you're the big man in the crowd. And that's what I'm going to remember most about this weekend is the stuff we did beforehand with the podcast and the after fight turn up. And that made the whole weekend worth it. And for you, your weekend was? My weekend was trash, son. <laughs> Look. All right, so... Unlike Kel, like I went, I went, went to the fight, and I was there. So if you follow me on Instagram, and Andrea said you see some of the pictures. Magic Johnson and Jesse Jackson sitting behind me having conversations. Uh, Mike Tyson, arena's crazy, crazy packed, so packed that the press that ended up getting inside, we didn't have tables to type on our laptops. So boxing journalists were typing in their laps. It's cool. We're about six rows from the ring. Um, the energy there was electric. So, I also got a VIP pass to the, the pre-fight party that they have, you know, you have a little backdoor party while the celebs come through. Shout out to my girl Jennifer Burbank for hooking that up. So, everything's groovy. Everything's fantastic. Kel, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to go to Marquita and I'm going to roll with you. So, lo and behold, I got my laptop sitting on my lap. And I'm thinking, it's the trash undercar is going on, all right? The trash undercar. Yeah. <laughs> Lomachenko did what he had to do. Santa Cruz, 10 rounds of nonsense, did what he had to do. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the back. So somebody next to me drops water. I get up. My laptop flips up, lands on my phone, breaks my phone and my laptop. I'm done. TKO. I, I got hit harder than anybody got hit that night in the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Son. You broke both devices before the fight even started? Before, like, yo, I, if you see my phone right now, it looks like somebody ate it. And my, my, la my MacBook just took an L. It just said, fuck you, I'm out. This is the price I had to pay for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. So, yeah, I'm salty for the rest of the night. So I had to live tweet. People who follow my live tweets. Y'all don't know how fast my thumbs were going, kid. I had to tweet with my fucking cell phone. I had to write a thousand-word article on Santa Cruz in my email on my cell phone. I had to get home and write later. So there was no turn up for me. It was turned down. Then I go home, and apparently I get the groupie bird flu because there's so many groupies out there. I came home sneezing, wheezing, stomach aching, and I've been down for the count ever since. I just came through today. And I don't even know if y'all can hear it in my voice, but I was ill. So this this was the turn. This sucked. Yo, the thought flu is real. You got to be, be careful with that thought flu. It's out there. I ain't even touch them. 
It was airborne. And that's what it is nowadays. It's airborne. It's everywhere. Did you, you see man. rehab? Did you see the videos? Yes, I did. All of them had, caught the thought flu. Yo, Shorty had no draws on in the pool. Yo, just twerking in the pool, and she was a, a nice-sized woman. Yeah, she was a she, BBW. Yo, exactly. Shout she out. went home to eat some lunch with you. <laughs> she she was no joke in the pool, no draws on. I'm like, that's what we do out here? Not me. I would have jumped out of that bitch real quick. Listen, I can't swim. I ain't in the pool. So I don't got to <laughs> worry about that. That, that ain't one of my problems. But uh, she was just no no Fs given. Yeah, that was wild. Zero. Yo. Was she, wild. she was about that life. And then before we even talk about the fight, let's talk about the real fight, the rehab fight. Later on, the ladies obviously in the pool twerking. She got it going. Probably Nicki Minaj, Anaconda was on. Everyone having a good time. And then they throw some Migos on. And everyone loses their mind. There's furniture flying. It's like the episode of Boondocks when they throw the chair and everyone loses their mind. That's what happened. Like, yo, everyone, the entire place, people are hopping a wall to get in. See, I can't. It's like The Walking Dead. Vegas turns into The Walking Dead. So <laughs> I got I to gotta run. I can't fuck with these zombies, man. I mean, I'm a little bit too old for this shit. I've had my turn up years. And every time, you know, I, I still turn up. But damn, man. Yo, I couldn't do it. That's just scary. Rehab Sundays are not for me. I ain't Fear. built for it. Fear. I ain't built for it. There was a, there was a lot of ethnicity in the room at rehab. Like you, you ever been to rehab on a normal day? Yeah, I've been to rehab. Oh, mad chill. Everyone's cool. You got the bro kids. There's flip flops. There's sunglasses. Women chilling. White girls twerking off rhythm. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. This was not that place. That that was Freaknik. This is why you yeah. can't have Freaknik no more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I went. New I went generation or not at. I went to the last freak nigga as a freshman in college. I went to the very last freak nigga and realized why they never have freak nigga anymore because girls was holding their drawers and standing on top of cars running from men. Horses were kicking dudes in their chest. <laughs> Swear to God, the horse was just kicking dudes in their chest. The dude was like, hey, horsey. And the horse kicked him in the fucking chest. That was like, yo, freak nigga's over. And what I saw this weekend was very reminiscent of All-Star Weekend and Freak Nick put together. But crazy, though, it wasn't as crazy as I expected it to be. Nah. But it was still wild. It the, was still on some other the shit. The really wild shit was really wild. Yeah, it was on level 12. It, it wasn't just wild the whole time. That That's where All-Star had it beat. All-Star, you walk four, four minutes, five minutes, two blocks. Yeah. There was a fight. Someone, someone was getting knocked out. Someone was throwing a bottle. Cops were arresting somebody. It wasn't that. Yeah. It was just that, yo, you got rehab. There was a couple things before the fight that got a little crazy. But when, when, it, when it was turned up, it was turned up to the max. They weren't playing around this weekend. Yeah, well, I miss having that shit. So let's talk about this fight. Now, first and foremost, everybody's mad. Before we talk about Pacquiao's injury, we talk about anything else that's going on. Everybody is so pissed off that this fight was born. What did you expect in a Floyd Mayweather fight? Apparently, most of y'all have never seen a Floyd Mayweather fight before. On our podcast, we said it was going to be boring. Every radio spot we did said it was going to be boring. Every other show we were on said it was going to be boring. Every article we said, yo, it's going to be boring. Floyd's going to win. It's going to be a decision. He won't get hit. That, that's Floyd's game. I predicted 116-112. I scored it 118-110. Two of the scorecards had a 116-112. We said on this show... Four rounds, Floyd will slide into his comfort zone and pick him apart. Forget the injury. We'll talk about shoulder gate in a minute. But Floyd is the best at what he does. And he controls space. He broke up Pacquiao's rhythm with, his, with the jab and the straight right hand, and he gave him lateral movement that confused him. Easy work. Easy work. Everybody's tight now. Like, oh, I'm never watching another Floyd Mayweather fight. You said that the last five Floyd Mayweather fights. Cut it out. Cut it out. You know what he's going to do when he gets to the ring. 
He does that every time. Like, I don't know why it was a surprise at all. And my only surprise with that fight and with the scoring of that fight was that it wasn't wider of a margin. They gave Pacquiao some props. Cool. The only person that saw Pacquiao even nearly in the fight was your boy, Skip Bayless. Your well. boy, first take, your show. See, that's why I don't watch. I haven't watched in two years because he's lost his damn mind. Like, 115? Yeah, yeah, he had Pacquiao 115. 115, 130. Come on, man. Like, he, I can't even look at him in the face. Like, Skip, he, we need to not allow him in Vegas. That, like, he shouldn't be able to speak, man. I mean, look. This is what happened when you just let non-boxing folk into a boxing event. All right. Bless his heart. He's covered a lot of good boxing back in the day. It ain't back in the day. He has passed his prime. It's like it's like going to a show and watching an old rapper from the 80s still trying to rhyme and pack a house. Bless yeah. their heart. They still trying to spit. But I don't want to hear that. I don't want to watch Cool in the Game. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it's not the same. But, I mean, look, Skip said 115-113, Pacquiao was the aggressor. Now, first and foremost, Mayweather threw more punches than Pacquiao. Yes. Now, I know CompuBox can be deceiving. We've seen fights where punch outputs get, you know, they get a little skewed because in between rounds, some guys have heavier rounds of output. But in this fight, Mayweather outlanded Pacquiao by what, 60 punches? Yeah, yo, and the percentage was crazy, 30-something percent to, to 19. 19%. 19%, a career low for Manny Pacquiao. He got abused, he got outboxed, he was not, he, yes, he was chasing Floyd Mayweather, but you got mad because he's holding part of the rules. Mayweather's going to use every rule in the book. And he held beautifully, like, it, you know what, people are like, he's hugging, but every time he leaned in and held, he spun Pacquiao, ended with his back to the middle of the ring, and then just backed up. So every time he needed off the rope, spin Manny towards the rope, backed up. You know what, Manny? Put, get your weight up. You don't want to be spun into the ropes every time. Get your weight up, bully him, push him against the rope in the, in the clinch, break it up, and still have him against the ropes. Instead, well, Floyd's dancing around you and then tossing you to the side. That, I mean, that's where his size difference came in. Yeah, and that's why he put on the muscle. Then aside from that, there was a, if you watch the fight, the replay showing this weekend before Canelo Kirkland, which we'll talk about in a minute. But if you watch the replay... Anytime that Manny comes up, one thing you didn't see the entire fight that nobody really talked about, you did not see the shoulder roll. At all. Nope. Wasn't even giving him the shot. Doesn't work on the southpaw. Yep. Because your, your chin is exposed. But if you watch the fight very closely, you'll see what Mayweather does. He puts his back to the ropes. He covers up. He lets Manny throw. After he landed, Manny lands a, lands a left hand, he ducks down, and he, he pulls out to his right. Which, every time. I mean, to his left, which is Manny's right hand. So Manny barely misses the right hand every time. Manny wouldn't step over to land the punch because he didn't, he didn't know what he'd do. He puts all his weight into his left, left side. Mayweather had this dude schooled. It was done. It was done, like I said, after the fourth round, it was done. Pacquiao, basically, he didn't give up, but he had no plan B, no C, no D. Freddie Roach didn't know what to do. Horrible work in the corner. No adjustments were made. They were fucked. That's best of all time, Freddie Roach. People said this guy could have been one of the best trainers of all time. Definitely of this generation with this fight. Yeah. And he was just outclassed. You can't he had no fight answer. He, you can't fight for your man. Your man was emotionally charged, had something to prove, and couldn't prove it. And realized he was in there with somebody that was faster than him. And now it's because he's hurt. Yo, yo well, if you ask them, it's because he's hurt. Okay. The shoulder, he's had it since the De La Hoya fight. You know what? He couldn't get his injection. They didn't claim... Yo, the excuses keep rolling in. Okay, so here we go. Shoulder gate. This is what we're going to call this. Shoulder gate. Manny Pacquiao's team at the press conference says, Pacquiao hurts his shoulder two and a half weeks before the fight. On the day of the fight, they look to get an anti-inflammatory injection. 
but they never reported the injury to the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So the commission said, no, you can't get the injection because it's not on our books. Now, the injury was reported to USDA, but they did not in turn tell the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So now they're facing a lawsuit because you lied. Now people are like, well, why'd you lie? Why'd you carry on the fight? Look, dude, $80 million are on the line? I ain't telling you nothing. And you're not going to give Mayweather a chance to not have this fight happen. If you were to cancel this fight or postpone it, anything could happen. So you got to look at it as Pacquiao kind of had to fight. You know, there was really, there wasn't really nothing else he could do. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the thing about the shoulder is I'm not entirely buying it because, you know, he has, he has to have the Kobe surgery, which is a torn rotator cuff. However, I believe the injury was aggravated to a torn rotator cuff. It was just kind of, it was injured, but now it's bad. And I, so I don't think, it wouldn't have made a difference, all right? And nothing that Pacquiao could have done would have made a difference to be Floyd Mayweather. At all. I mean, I don't see how that speeds up his legs. I don't see how that makes his mind make adjustments. Yeah. I don't see how a torn rotator cuff in your right hand stops you from blocking a straight right hand with your left. Or just keeping your left arm up so you're not getting hit in the mouth with a straight right hand for 12 rounds. He couldn't stop that punch. He had no answers to anything. Now, if you tell me it gives you a little bit more punching power, fine. Does it wear down Mayweather a little bit more so he's not, you know, first round fresh in the 12th? Sure. But beyond that, it's not going to help you hit him. You no. couldn't catch him. 19%? No. I don't care if you had arms like Jax from Mortal Kombat. If you only hit people 19% of the times, it don't matter. But, you know, it sets the stage for a rematch. And Mayweather has text Stephen A. Smith saying... I'll gladly do a rematch. Now, okay. He ain't scared no more. Well, there's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> nothing to be scared of. But the dilemma here is that Mayweather's last fight is in September. Pacquiao is out for 9 to 12 months. He's going to have to rehab. He's going to have to get back in order, which doesn't necessarily mean that Pacquiao will be ready by May. On top of that, he faces disciplinary action for the Nevada State Athletic Commission for lying on his, on his sheet. So with this fight may not happen for over a year. Now, who's to say Mayweather's going to still want to do that fight over a year from now? However... The new arena in Vegas opens up in April, so that does open the door for some new revenue, and it'll be the first one on the books for that for a big fight in that arena. But I just really don't see it happening, because who the hell wants to see these two fight again right now? Everyone says they don't, because it just happened, but give it a year. You're going to need a lot of hype. Yo, the, the hype video, the, the campaign with Manny, you know, in the gym with the, with the rope and with the punching bag, and he's coming back from rehab. Yo, I've seen it with D-Rose, I can see it with anybody. Every time D. Rose gets hurt and comes back, people think he's the Messiah. Manny's going to be the same way. Oh, a healthy Manny. Do you see how much harder he's punching? They're going to crank the volume up on the commercials. Man. So it makes you just feel like, yo, he's going to get Mayweather out of here this time. This is it. 50-0. and 0. It ain't ha- I don't think it's happening. Yo, it could happen. And I didn't think this was happening. Well, that's true. I didn't think we were getting a first. And the money talks with Mayweather. So I, I don't see how it does it. Now, in May, probably not. Can it be a June fight? Yes. Can Mayweather say, you know what, this is my last hurrah, I don't care when it is, I don't need Cinco de Mayo, and give it to who we're about to talk about, Canelo. Yo, Canelo, here, have that. You're going to have it anyway. You have that date. That is Canelo's date. You, you fight in the old MGM joint. Don't touch the new Don't touch the new arena. Let me christen that. But you can have the date, and we go. It, it and happen. that might be the plan. I and, just I just don't see nobody paying $100 to see these two fight again. Not $100. Wait until the buildup. Nope. First take, and your boy Skip will be singing the praises in the bandwagon, and they can charge whatever they want for that fight. I don't, I don't think so, man. I don't think $100 was insane. $100 is insane. The, the prices for the fight were insane. A lot of tickets didn't end up getting sold. A lot of rooms got canceled at the last minute. 
I don't necessarily see people coughing up that kind of dough again. Then we had Credential Gate with, with Michelle Beadle and Rachel Nichols. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, with you know them saying they got banned now. Being a, a regular ringside, we know the credential thing can be a little crazy. Yes, don't say anything bananas about the fighters probably two weeks prior. Yo, make sure you got your seat, your confirmation. Make sure everything like that is in before you just go crazy and, you know, say something about it. And Floyd is sensitive. But see, I'm not even sure if that's necessarily the case. With Beetle and Nichols, like this fight, there were 1,400 media credentials. 240 Time. people were in the, in the arena. Now, I was ringside looking at a majority of people that I've seen before, and then I was like, The Economist was there, People Magazine was there, so it's like, there was, somebody was not going to get in. And I don't know if Michelle Beadle necessarily has to be in the arena, because what is she, like, Skip Bayless wasn't there. Stephen A. Smith was in the arena, he was sitting next to me, like a couple rows down. But Beadle and Nichols, what, what, they weren't writing about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, ESPN did, they had Dan Raphael in there. And I think Nichols was there on behalf of HBO or Beetle was. One of the two. Beetle was, was like HBO. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't. Nichols was there for someone else. Yeah, they got credentialed through other outlets. I just don't know if it's necessarily a vendetta against those two women because everybody's written about Floyd's domestic disputes. They're, you know, Beetle's like, oh, I'm taking a stand and I'm not, I'm not fucking with you, Triple H. Even though Triple H has been around the money team forever. Yeah. And Beetle's favorite pro wrestler is Stone Cold Steve Watson, who has domestic dispute issues <laughs> jim lampley has had domestic dispute issues so it's like she's gonna be a very bored person yeah she, I she mean, gotta read books she gonna have to chill a lot of them are messed up she, in life too she's gonna have to chill you know you can't you pick and choose your fights but you gotta look at the totality of the situation and mayweather's not the only one whipping women's ass yeah that you're cheering for beetle you are talking about nfl ray rice Multiple athletes have beat up women. Multiple. I'm not People saying, I'm, on Sports Nation. I'm not condoning what Mayweather did. I'm saying pick and choose your fights. And if you're going to stand for it, stand for it from day one. Don't wait until the big fight happens and say, I'm not going to go out there and support Floyd Mayweather and, and yada, yada, yada. I'm saying take your stand from day one. Mayweather has been, he's been in domestic disputes. There's 10 years of this documented. Now you choose. He served his time. He hasn't had a domestic dispute in, what, five years? Yeah. He did his time five years ago. Take if all right, fine, whatever you don't like him, fine, that's on you. But I don't necessarily think that's why she didn't get credentials. No, she really didn't need to be in there. Like you said, there's only so many seats, only yeah, so many it places. Was tight. Yo, it was so tight in there, we couldn't move. That's, that's why my laptop took an L. <laughs> look, look at that, you saved her laptop probably. Like, they did her a favor, and I don't know if she assumed. That she'd be in there. That, that's what happens when you don't cover boxing exactly. on a regular basis, exactly, and you make assumptions. This isn't the Super Bowl. This isn't, you know, the NBA or something like that where stuff is pre-planned and sent to you a month out and you can have... Boxing is a whole different beast. The contract was officially signed the week before the fight. Yeah. Credentials, people didn't know anything until the Tuesday before the fight. So See, you could have just got... There's we, plenty of people that I know and friends of ours in the industry that got denied the Tuesday before the fight. Flat out. Flat out. And was just like, yo, I'm coming anyway. I didn't know I was going to be in the arena until Friday night. So and Friday it, at midnight, I got an email. I was like, "All right, good. You're in the arena. I've never had that happen before. Is it? A, is it something against me? No, I don't take it like that. I like Michelle being on Rachel Nichols. I think a great journalist. Of course, I, they're great broadcast journalists. I love what they do. But they're taking it very personal in a situation where I don't see it being as personal because there's 1,400 media credentials, and they're just so used to like a different environment. You have to know where you are. Yeah, boxing, and, and you can do that last second in boxing. The, yep. the fighters control stuff. They're very picky. The promoters especially are very picky and very petty, and stuff can come down to the wire. 
So you got to be fluid and, and just take the L if you got to take the L. Yeah. I yeah. remember the Pacquiao fight versus Marquez. I was mad hyped. They put me in the press, like, all the way up top. <laughs> like, in, in the just crazy nosebleeds. I was like, man, I ended up watching it, like, on the Jumbotron. And you just got to take that L sometimes. Got to pay your dues, man. It's, it's all about paying your dues. A lot of these journalists have never covered a fight in their life. I get it. You want to cover the biggest fight of our generation. I understand. You feel like you're entitled to be in the building, but there is a lot of competition to get down there. And there's a lot of us, like myself, who have been covering the score for almost a decade. And we had to worry about where we're going to be at. What makes you think that you're not going to have to worry about where you're going to be at? So all that to say, I don't know if we're going to have a rematch. There's a lot of bullshit heading into this fight. And then for the fight to turn out to be a dud for the casual boxer fan, I don't know if there's that. They, you can drum up the interest again. I just don't know with everything going on. Manny's got this shoulder gate nonsense. Even if it's we'll a see. normal pay-per-view, it sells. Like, you know what? Just sells. put it 60, you know, put the ticket prices back down to somewhat reasonable. Let yeah. fans in the arena, you know, let, let it available to the average person, and you'll have one hell of a fight. Yeah, it's, dude, it's going to be a 39-year-old Floyd Mayweather getting in the ring if he fights back yo again. 50 and 0. And 50 we'll and 0. We'll see. I don't think he cares about that anymore. Let, let's talk about one of the young fighters then, you know. Floyd will be 39, but we have a young Canelo. Fighting this weekend against James Kirkland. This weekend. And fans who were disappointed in the Mayweather fight, who were disappointed they didn't get to see action and they saw him running, don't complain to me if you don't watch this Canelo fight too. Yeah, that, that, I got a whole bag of STFU if your ass do not watch Canelo and Kirkland That's it. This don't complain about that. You pay $100 for Mayweather, but then you don't want to watch Canelo and Kirkland. Like, you want an exciting fight? Here's an exciting fight. Boxing isn't dead. The no. boxing you choose to watch is dead. That's what I is one of my pet peeves in life. People said the same thing about hip hop through the you know the two thousands yep. and this new millennium. Oh, hip hop is dead. All this stuff. Well, then turn off the radio and go find real hip hop. Because yep. there's people still spinning. There's quality hip hop. Don't complain because you only tune into what they tell you to tune into, and then it's boring or it's whack. If the radio plays Young Thug every hour on the hour. And Fetty Wap, and you don't like that because it ain't hip-hop, then go out and support the people dropping real albums. Support real hip-hop. Yeah, find your Sky Zoos and Chance the Rappers and Torres and Kendrick Lamar. Like, find your artists, man. Like, find your fights. Boxing is not dead. We say this all the time. When De La Hoya came out, it was like, oh, boxing's over. When Tyson was done, we said, oh, boxing's over. It's not over. There are a bunch of young fighters. This weekend, Canelo and Kirkland is going to be a slobber knocker. Yeah. And JR, good old JR. JR. Like, you have a guy, Canelo, the only thing, I've said this on numerous podcasts, once he starts speaking English, it's over. The red-headed Mexican kid with the good looks and the freckles that can fight, even though he lost to Floyd, he's still got a wealth. He, like, he'll fight anybody. And Kirkland's one of those guys who go balls to the wall. I don't know how long he lasts. Yeah, I give him maybe three or four. Uh, I've given him six. You give him, him six? Yo. It could happen. Maybe he could rock. Canelo doesn't have the greatest chin. He has been rocked before. So, you know, he could give Canelo some problems, but... So I don't think it's going to last. It's, it's, going to be some, it's going to be brutal. I think it's going to end pretty brutal. One way or another, somebody's going out. And it's, gonna, it's going to be Kirkland, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be what the fans want to see, though. Yeah. You, you want to see a heavier guy, because Mayweather's not the heaviest guy. Canelo can take punches. Yep. He can give them out. We, we've seen him stand toe-to-toe. He's, to me, one of the hardest punches I've seen in person. Him, Triple G, Keith Thurman. He's going to give you a show. It's probably going to end in a knockout. And this is what boxing fans want. And this is what we told them from the gate. You know what? Watch Floyd for the nostalgia of it. Watch it for the beauty. Watch it for the sweet science. And then come see Canelo knock someone out the next week. 
Yeah, you and, and see the brutality of boxing. Again, like I said, you watch you watch Bobby Fischer play chess. Nobody likes watching chess. Chess isn't exciting. You just appreciate somebody who's good at it. And that's what Floyd Mayweather is. This weekend, Canelo and Kirkland, there's no chess. This is hung, hungry, hungry hippos with two fighters or rock'em, sock'em robots or goddamn just kick the Rochambeau, two guys hitting each other <laughs> nuts. I don't. It's going to be a war, and that's what you should want to see. But if you're not supporting these fighters, you're not going to get the fights that you want to see. And that's what it is. Talking about exciting fights, though, before we go to break, our pound-for-pound pound list. Mm -hmm. We took a break from it last week, but this yeah. week, bring it back with the pound-for-pound pound list. Five fights that we want to see made that would be better than Mayweather-Pacquiao. Oh. Just excitement level. Easy. Just letting the people know, like, yo, these five fights are what you should be looking for. And it's tough to even pair people like that. But I, I'll give you my five. I'll run them down real quick. Five to one. I like going in reverse order. Five, number five, Amir Khan, Kell Brook. Number five for me. I want to see it. I want to see Khan get knocked out, tell you the truth. I don't know if Kell Brook's that person, but I would love to see that fight. Okay. Then I want to see Timothy Bradley, Provodnikov again. Because of what they had the first Because of the first right. fight. Okay. I have to see that amazing fight. I want to see Keith Thurman versus anybody. Yeah, I'm putting it out there. Anybody. I just want to see like him. Like that much, huh? Yep. Knock somebody out. His last fight, you know, he showed that he can be a real boxer. I want to see him versus anybody. I would say Mayweather. I, I plugged in Mayweather into the slot. It was Thurman versus Mayweather. Nah, take that I don't. Out. Yeah, he he ain't smart enough. He ain't nah, dumb he ain't enough ready for that. He, he ain't, ain't dumb enough that, yeah. to do that. Uh, but if I had to add a name, Thurman versus Mayweather, the person who dodges punches against someone who lands them at will. That's the third fight. Second. On the list, and this was tough, the, the, the one-two aspect of this. But I want to see Peterson, Broner. Really? Want to see it. Okay. Good guy versus bad guy. Heel, baby face. All right, all right, okay. I, I like the dynamic. Can Adrian finally do something? Or, or is he just tall? Yo, you got to earn it sooner or later. You got to earn it. Can't just be getting thrown out of clubs in Vegas all weekend. And yeah. fighting bums. Okay. You got to earn that check. Number one, Klitschko Wilder. That's it. That's that's the mega fight for me going hmm. forward. Klitschko Wilder. All right. Your list is all right. Yo, you know what? I'm changing number three. I take that back. Thurman Mayweather is never going to happen. Thurman Canelo. Book it. Slide it in there. Your list is all right. That's it's all right. It's all right. All right, look. Wilder Klitschko, I'll give you that. That is the fight to make eventually. You have to build. Wilder needs to fight on a, a PBC card. He needs, to fight yeah. on, he needs to fight as the main event on the PBC card so everybody can see him and then work his way towards Klitschko because I believe Klitschko is going to be fighting Tyson Fury. If Wilder can beat Klitschko, you have your new great heavyweight who knocks everybody out. You need that. Um, my list is in no order, but that's like one or two. My, actually, my number one is Canelo and Cotto. That is That'd a be fight. good. Puerto Rico versus Mexico. On Cinco de Mayo weekend at the MGM Grand Garden, that is a war. These two guys will not back down. It's too bad it didn't happen, you know, because Cotto wanted to pull out. He ended up signing with Rock Nation. Now he's fighting Daniel Gill, whatever. Find a way to make this fight happen. My other fight that needs to happen, Andre Ward versus Triple G. Gennady Golovkin, Andre Ward. Yo, Ward's a commentator now. Why are you trying to get him hurt? He, he's fighting on June 20th. Andre Ward is the second best fighter on the planet right now when he's active. What he's active, we haven't seen him active in forever. We haven't seen him active since uh, Rodriguez in 2013. 13? It's been over a year. It's almost two years. But he'll be back. He's still in his prime. 
He still had, he's the most gifted athlete out there aside from Mayweather. Triple G, different style fighter, a slugger, somebody who hurts you. Those two guys will throw down. Now, my other two fights, uh, I'm not really sure. Like, I want to see, I want to see Broner, Maidana again. Okay. Be because, well, I, to be honest, I want to see Broner Thurman, but that's not going to happen. Oh, the weight disparity. I mean, not the weight necessarily because Broner could pack on pounds. But the size and strength disparity is crazy. Keith will kill him. If Maidana did what he did to him, Keith will kill him. Broner's a different fighter now. Broner's going to use his feet a little more. Broner's going to box. He learned a lot from Floyd. So I think we're going to see Broner do his best Floyd Mayweather impression against a lot of these guys and win fights on points. Um, but against Keith, you can run, but you can't hide. Yeah. And somebody's going to hunt you down. And I think it'd be a hell of a fight. And the trash talk leading up to that fight would be great. Keith, bring it. Um... And then I don't know after that. I just, you know, it's, it's whatever. You know, I, I want to see Danny Garcia get knocked out by somebody. That's <laughs> I think Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, uh, Tim Bradley could be fun. Uh, Danny Garcia, Amir Khan at 147 could be interesting because Garcia got the knockout, but I think Khan's a little bit more sturdy at 147. There's a few things. Oh, I'm sorry. Adonis Stevenson, Sergey Kovalev. Kovalev. How did I, I forget, forget that? that? Because Kovalev will kill that fool. But... <laughs> I, I, we need to see that fight so for once and for all we can see the crush and get what he gets. Give, give, give it to Stevenson what he deserves. Stevenson. No chance with Adonis Superman? We... Not a chance. Kovalev kills that man. Woof. Murder. That's one hell of a right, a straight right Kovalev. Got. With a Tupac saying at the end of the Kendrick album, it's murder. He's going to be on the streets, it's murder. That's what's going to happen. That's my pound for pound. That's what I want to see. But yes, man, I need to see Cotto Canelo. By yeah. far, that's the most exciting fight. Biggest draw. Mexico versus Puerto Rico is always fun. Always great, always great. All right, everyone else stay tuned, though, because we're coming back talking UFC, and we got some WWE talk. We might have a guest on the show. We're just chilling this week. Andres is back from the thought flu. Yes. Yo, we're just toasting the good health here, so stay tuned. Saturday, May 23rd, Hiatus Coyote here in Sir Coins, performing the Choose Your Weapon album. It's the tour. It's hitting Vegas. You cannot miss it. Tell them about it, Count. Yo, real music, come out and support Insert Coins, downtown Las Vegas. You know, we're going to be here. You better be here, too. Once again, it's May 23rd. I better see y'all here. Word up. All right, all right, what up, everybody? Welcome back. Just in case you didn't know, you can hit us up at our email to ask your questions for The Corner. The email is thecornerpod at gmail.com. Once again, thecornerpod at gmail.com. We want to know what you guys want to hear about. Ask us questions. Ask us about the turn up. Ask us the best remedies for the thought flu. Whatever you guys need answered, we got you. Yeah, we got you, man. Just, I mean, if you ask something stupid, we'll put you on blast and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you apart. But, um, yeah, man, ask us some questions, man. I, I get a lot of questions on Twitter, on the Twitter, where everybody wants to know certain things. So shoot us an email. We'll talk about it on there. Word up. So now we have to talk about the UFC. We have yep. to talk about their poster boy, John Jones. And like we we're talking about during the break, we have to talk about, is it possible for the UFC to have a Mayweather, Pacquiao type of event? Man, it's, it's hard. And I, I'll tell you why. Um, we'll start off with John Jones. And the problem, we talked about John Jones a lot, and I, and I said it's like the most under-discussed story in sports right now is what's happening to John Jones. Mayweather Packer kind of ate up everything around John Jones. The John Jones story is sad for particular reasons because he's so damn good. 
to, to be a guy who's lost one fight by disqualification and has mauled the competitions, breaking records, and I believe he's 27 years old, still reaching the peak of his career, he was your Floyd Mayweather. He was your guy who could take the sport to the next level. And because of a bunch of bad, stupid, silly-ass decisions, you know, Malki Kawa, his manager, has literally said he's not sure if he's ever going to fight again. So to build up another star is going to be hard. Conor McGregor's your next big thing right now. But Mayweather Pacquiao, boxing has a long lineage. You got you to build a long way before you become like a, have a blockbuster card like a Mayweather Pacquiao in the UFC. Yo, but we've seen this happen to fighters. I mean, Floyd went away for a second, came back. Ali, in his prime, was taken away, had to do time. Yeah, he was doing coke, back. though. But he wasn't doing coke, Regardless though. of why it happened, Ali, okay, did it for an honorable, you know, honorable reason. In which that's hindsight, because people hated him for that shit when it happened. Yeah. So it's all revisionist history. Ali went away. And they called him a punk for not going to war. And hated him when he came back. And he came back with even more talk and the name change, or whatever, whatever. So he went away, prime of his career. Tyson went away, prime of his career. This happens to a lot of big names, especially in fighting. It happens. It's not unseen. And they come back. I expect John Jones to come back. Now, will he come back as great as he was? None of them did. But Ali's still considered the greatest. Tyson is still considered probably the greatest of that time span. It was a small time span. Yeah, that window was like a week. But it, 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 he was captivating, and he will forever be in history. So John Jones can come back and, and make that splash and, and be a big name. They just need someone to oppose them. And, and that's what is key. It's not Mayweather versus what's his name. It's Mayweather versus Pacquiao. You need someone who can really step up and say, this guy is dominant. This guy is dominant. And we got to pair them together. The UFC, to me, they just don't, they don't set two people on opposite paths for long enough. It's like, yo, you get five fights, you climb the ladder, you ride in there. Imagine if Conor ran through some of the bigger names in the sport it's, and then came into the fight. It'd be a way bigger fight. It's just so risky, though. Because MMA, you have so many ways to lose. So, you know, you could be big and then you could get knocked off by a left hook, a, a, a knee bar or some shit like that, and you'd be out of there. My problem... Also is, I understand the opposition thing, but Mayweather, didn't. he built his name off of De La Hoya, and he fought a bunch of people who weren't as big as him, and he still carried the promotion. The biggest name in the UFC right now is Ronda Rousey, and there is nobody that can compete with Ronda Rousey right now, except for Cyborg, and she's too big. Ronda, Ronda's young, though. So, I mean, Floyd, Floyd didn't fight Manny when he was young. I mean, this fight can happen for Ronda six years down the line. You, Imagine a seasoned Ronda Rousey. At the end of the rope, and the next big thing ready to challenge her. You have to find her because that we. I think we're along. Success breeds success. This is what happens when you create a monster. Underneath, more monsters are coming. It's like the Batman theory, right? Like Batman put on a mask, and then Alfred was like, "When you put on the mask, you get villains with mask or whatever." And, and that's what happens. Ronda's success are gonna breed young women who are wildly athletic to say, "You know what? I'm not playing soccer." I'm not aiming for the WNBA. I'm going to fight because I see Ronda fight. And she's going to really create the person to beat her. And it's coming. It could happen. I just don't know if we'll ever see something in the UFC as big as Mayweather Pacquiao or De La Hoya Trinidad or De La Hoya Mayweather or Tyson Lewis. I don't know if the UFC has built it up to that point yet. They're still still relatively young. Yeah, super young. 
and they put on great cards, you have great fights, but they haven't found that particular star that everybody wants to watch. It's not as mainstream as boxing, and they haven't created a character who has created himself as a character outside of the sport like Mayweather did. And Tyson was a character outside of the sport. John Jones had all that going for him and blew it. Well, actually, if he was a heel, he would have been way better. Like if he played if he his was cards himself. Right. If yes. he was himself. If he would have played his cards right, John Jones would have been fine, but he blew it. Conor McGregor is your next big thing in, in the male side of MMA because he has a unique combination of he's crash, he's abrasive, he hasn't lost in UFC yet, and he knocks people out. If he beats Jose Aldo, he could be that guy, but it's still light years. I mean, selling a million pay-per-views, if you're lucky, that's Brock Lesnar was selling a million pay-per-views. Brock Lesnar's no longer here. Who else can sell those kind of numbers? And I'm talking Mayweather, was, when's the last time he sold under a million? I mean, I think Madonna sold like 800000 something yeah, like that. But he's doing right. this by himself. So it, I don't know, man. I don't know if the UFC can, not yet. I think we're a few years away from it. It's coming. Because only thing you need is someone like Connor who captivates everyone on the mic and is good. And Connor is good. And then you need the anti Connor. You need that baby face, that person who is the man of the people, like Pacquiao was. He had, at this point, he had the faith thing going for him. He came into the fight. He was the good guy. He's praying for Mayweather. All this stuff. He built that up as the ultimate babyface. And that's what you need to sell pay-per-views. And yeah. the UFC will give us a better undercard than Mayweather and Pacquiao just did by leaps and bounds. They will stack a card yeah, if need be. So it is very, very possible. They just need two fighters in their prime. The worst thing for them is Showtime Pettis going down. Because if anything, you could have built Showtime as the next star. Show the the crazy Showtime kick off the cage a million times, yeah, but we and him and Connor, yeah, and him and Connor fight each other in a year or two. That would have been great. But Pettis just he doesn't have that personality. He doesn't have that outgoing, engaging. He just had to be the nice guy. But neither does Manny. Yeah, but Manny's got a Manny whole, can say. <laughs> here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. In boxing, you fighters have entire countries behind them. Canelo has Mexico. Manny has the Philippines. You know, uh, black fighters don't have a country. We just, that's why we have to be assholes. So make people hate us because nobody likes us anyway. Yeah, makes sense. But MMA, Brazil is your big market. Yeah. You know, Mexico, they're having the Cain Velasquez fight eventually, whenever he can stay healthy. June, cross Hopefully, your fingers. But you don't have countries behind fighters like you have in boxing, except you have Brazil. Brazil loves their MMA, the home of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But, um... I just don't know, man. I, I just, I think we're a few years away from a true mega fight where we're saying, "Holy shit!" Everybody, the casual person wants to what the casual fight fan wants to see this, and people who don't even watch MMA wants to see this fight. It's gonna take that transcendent star. Like Ronda can do it. You you bring Ronda against a chick who is Brazilian, who is legit, or just any other type of nationality or upbringing or something like that. Uh, what's weird is that Joanna is just a little bit too light. Like, if Joanna had her skills and was in Ronda's weight class, and you got that foreign aspect versus Ronda, and you can play up a whole USA-type thing around Ronda against someone who's foreign and has an accent and who still talks trash and just talks shit all the time and can back it up, that'd be amazing. Well, it's like 80s-style action movies. <laughs> Yo, it <laughs> is. It's, it's Rocky. like Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would have been great, and that's something that could have been played up 
But it, it's just going to take a second. But can it happen? Yes, it can happen. Uh, I, Will I, it happen? Yes, it'll happen. We we got some time. We're man. young enough. We'll be front row by the time it happens. Give it, give it a second. Yeah. We ain't going to be an old geezer. We might be, you know, 40, 50, something like that. But we'll be there and be like, yo, remember the podcast where we said this wouldn't happen? Holy shit, it's happening. But the only other problem with UFC is that there are so many cards that you don't have time to miss it. Mayweather only fights twice a year. And before they was fighting once a year. MMA, guys don't fight once or twice a year. They, they do fight two and three times a year if they're healthy. And you have cards every week, so there is that... There is no fear of missing out when Mayweather fights. Like, if you don't see Mayweather fight, you may never see him fight again. UFC is like, if I miss a fight this weekend, shit, I'll just watch the next fight next weekend. But John John fought twice a year. Anderson's fought twice, twice a year. But there's too many cards. They treat it like when you have a year-long sport and you have fights damn near every weekend, fans get burnt out and they get tired. And when you have so many injuries going on, you have to, re, you have to reconsider your entire pay-per-view structure because when you have – Cards are decimated by injuries. Now it's like, I don't want to pay for this fight. Like UFC 186, casualty of injuries. So now you reach a point where there's just too much going on. So it's hard to centralize your energy and build one star. Because you got to worry about every card coming off every week in a different market. In Brazil, in this weekend's card in Australia with Mark Hunt, Stipe Miocic. And then you got, you're going to Manila with Frankie Edgar. And it's like, it's like you have so much to worry about. It's hard to build up one guy or two guys to become the big star. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but that's that's what the UFC has created. They want to be different than boxing in that regard. I mean, baseball has 162 games. The NBA has 82. But you know when it's playoff time, you, you might not watch, you know, Memphis versus San Antonio in the playoffs, but you're surely going to watch LeBron versus anybody, right? When you have a star, people are still going to show up. If they get burnt out, they're going to get burnt out on the smaller cards or something like that. When you have true stars, people are still going to be there. So the only thing you need is two of those stars to come together at the right top. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, on, on that note, we talk about the UFC trying to be different from boxing. They got this Reebok deal set in stone today. And they just released the payment structure, which is, to me, kind of shaky because you got a bunch of fighters who used to go get outside sponsors. You look at somebody like Uriah Faber who had tons of outside sponsors. And now all you have is Reebok. And you're based on how many fights you fight in your payment structure. And um, I need to pull it out. Oh, I'm going to pull it up right now. But a lot of fighters are just really unhappy today. Yo, it's, it's whack to have a ceiling on how much you can make from sponsorships. Because before, it's just really, if you're marketable, like Uriah, like you said, he just had that face, he had that personality. People threw sponsorship money at him. You can have as many sponsors as you want. Anderson Silva had tons of sponsors. There's no cap in how much money you can make from sponsors. And they got their visibility in the ring, or excuse me, in the cage, in the octagon and everything. You hang your little banner, you got your shorts, everything. Now that's all gone. Hell, fight week is gone. What, what is Cowboy going to do? Can he even sit the Budweiser can up there anymore? Like, it's, it changes the dynamic, and it really puts a ceiling on how much you can earn. Well, yeah, because, I mean, looking at the payment structure, they look at your... Your tenure in under the Zufa umbrella, whether it's Strike Force, WEC, or the UFC, um, and if you only have one to five fights, you're capped off at twenty five hundred dollars. Now, I know guys like Brendan Schaub, for instance, who is not a top tier fighter, but I know at one point he made nearly six figures off of sponsorships. The top you can make off of this Reebok deal, if you're the champ, is forty grand. That's not a lot of money. Not a lot at all. Now, I know some guys are like, you know what, I don't have to chase after sponsors anymore. It's hard chasing checks, da 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 
But I'd rather chase a check for six figures than to be guaranteed in the low five. That's just me. It. That's why you have a camp. That's why you have a team. Like, if you think these guys are going door-to-door knocking for sponsors, they're not Girl Scouts. They have people paid to do that. Go out there, win your fights, have a personality, and the sponsors will come. But now you don't even have that option. I mean, you can, but you ain't going to get the money you used to get. Where are they going to get, you know, their, their worth from? Where are they going to get their promo in? You can't do anything where you guarantee them that the masses will see them anymore. You're going to promote them on Instagram? On Twitter? It's all Reebok. For sponsorship? Reebok has it all. It's all Reebok. Great move by Reebok. Great move by Reebok. I mean, great move by the UFC as well. It's just, I think the fighters at the end of the day, some of the new guys will be happy. It's like, oh, I got my first fight in the UFC. I got a $2,500 check. I don't have to chase Great. But some of the guys who are in the middle, like the Brad Pickett's or like the Brendan Sharps or the Matt Mitrione's who get those sponsors... It's like, damn, now, you know, I'm kind of capped out now. It, it's going from, you know, it's moving away from boxing to going towards the NBA. Yeah. Like, it NFL is what it is. NBA. Like, yo, you, you don't choose your jerseys. You don't choose what to wear, game day, all this stuff. You're not going to do it here. And that's what Dana White wants. Dana White wants an organization, and he wants to be the NFL. He wants nothing to be bigger than the Shield. Yep. And that, that's always what the NFL is about. You wear these damn helmets. I don't care if you ever show your face. You don't wear no colorful socks. Not, nothing is bigger than this shield, and that's what Dana wants. Because you know why? Because Dana's never going to leave. In boxing, Don King is damn near irrelevant. Right. Ran him out. Yeah. I mean, De La Hoya is on the downslide now. It went from the penthouse damn near to the outhouse if it wasn't for Canelo. You, yep. you see Aram milking Manny to death right now, hoping for the next great thing. And Dana White never has to worry about that because he has an organization. And he wants to make sure that the organization is going the right way and that it guarantees him a paycheck. And he'll always be the band on top. Him and the Fertitas never have to worry about anything because they're building the brand. Yeah, he's like the Vince McMahon of the UFC. You know, he's running the ship. And I, I, again, I'm not mad at Dana. I, I have no qualms with Dana. I just know this deal is going to leave a lot of fighters with a sour taste in their mouth when they start seeing their checks because you got to pay your camp, you got to pay your managers, you don't have health care. You know, so it's like you got to pay to get injured. So it's like any money that you take out of their pocket hurts. But MMA fighters will never make as much as boxers. No, You'll gonna... never see a Floyd Mayweather check in, in the UFC. Never. And at this point, Dana's made the first move towards the fighters unionizing. Because if you want to treat this like an organization, we are going to have a union. Because we'll they're going to demand health care. They're going to demand all of the things that the NFL players get that they don't. Pension. We'll see. I mean, maybe the Reebok deal, maybe there's something long-term where they're thinking about, you know, putting something in there for these fighters so they can get some more money. But right now, like I said, I'm just curious to see where it goes. I don't know. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. When we come back, though, we're talking about the aforementioned Vince McMahon in a way because he's doing great things in the WWE. You like, he's going blind, though? Is he, he going blind? This, I don't know. That, I might be, that might be the best shit ever because just let Triple H run stuff. <laughs> like, if you can't see nothing, you really can't mess it up, Vince. Like... Vince is finally just chilling, laying back, and letting the young guys have their day. NXT is taking over. Yes, man. Yo, it's going to be incredible. Stay tuned, man. We're talking wrestling. Saturday, May 23rd. Hiatus Coyote here with Insert Coins. Performing the Choose Your Weapon album. It's the tour. It's hitting Vegas. You cannot miss it. Tell them about it, Count. Yo, real music. Come out and support Insert Coins, downtown Las Vegas. You know, we're going to be here. You better be here, too. Once again, it's May 23rd. I better see y'all here.
Word up. Alright, yo, welcome back to the corner. We're going to talk WWE, but first we got a guest. Yeah, how y'all doing? This is Mark V, aka the most known unknown. I mean, people always ask me, like, who is this guy? What do I do? But, you know, it is, it's just a regular kid from Jersey, that's all. Yeah, yo, Marv is always hitting us up on Twitter, always a great supporter of the show, so Marv had to come out and talk with us, like, it was one of the biggest weekends in sports, Indeed, Marv had to come through and, you know, just bless the podcast real quick, Marv, what do you think about Mayweather Pacquiao, yo? You know, basically, it's what I expected, now, I know, you know, like, the fallout from the fight has been a little crazy, lawsuits flying around, people, you know, not happy with what they got, but at the end of the day, Floyd Mayweather stepped in that ring did what he said he was going to do, did what I expected him to do, and I got my 99-95 word. Did I think the fight was, you know, 118-110 and, like, 116-112? No, but, I mean, Mayweather was going to win that fight somehow, some way, and that's what happened. So, that, that's it. Other than that, you know, everything else since has been more interesting than what happened in the ring. So, it's just one of those things, like, man, this, this is ultimately going to lead to a rematch. Yo, that's... That's crazy because you're the opposite of most people. They'd be like, yo, I hated spending a hundred on this <laughs> never again, and I don't want to see this bummy-ass rematch. Like, they're just so against it. Like, obviously, you're a smart man. Like, you knew what you were expecting. You knew what you were paying for. Correct. You know, I, being a Floyd fan, you know, from a very long time, like, I remember when Floyd first fought on HBO and fought Gandhi at Boron Hall, you know, in my backyard in Atlantic City. Like, I mean, so it's, I've been following since then. You know, I pay attention to boxing, so don't lump me in with the Skip Baylesses of the world and the casual fans of the world who expected knockouts, you know, wanted to see flurries and a whole bunch of punching activity. I'm just like, you're going into this with the wrong mentality. I feel bad for you. I'm not the person to educate you about the sweet science, but it's going to be something completely different. But then again, when you have something of this magnitude, when it's more than just boxing, you know what I mean? It was amazing. It was an event. So people looked at it and said, yo, I need, I need action. Like, this is like you know, a concert almost, where they wanted to see the two best performers of their time, you know, but you know, they were a little past their prime, and, you know, other people just went in there with the wrong mentality. So I can't I can't fault them, but, you know, I can't educate them either. So for you, Marv, did you have, find yourself defending the fight afterwards? I, I know I did. I got mad tweets and phone calls and fools like, yo, I paid $100 for this, and I'm like, yeah, like I told, I've been telling you for five years this is how the fight was going to play out. So, Marv, did you have that same experience with people? Definitely. I have that experience with my family members. Not very. You know me and you go way back, like from way back in the day. And I've been following you since you've been covering fights in Vegas for a minute. Because I was like, well, you know, if I can't be there, I know my homeboy Dre is going to be there. He's going to give it to me straight, you know, all the way live. So I was like, man, I always respect your opinion on the matter. But, yeah, I definitely had to go and defend the people. Like, look, no matter what you paid for the fight, even if you paid thirty nine ninety five, you'd probably still be upset at what you saw because you just didn't know what you would look for. So I had to like school my dad, even round by round. I was like, Dad, who do you think won that round? He said, Manny. I was like, No. You see how Floyd was slipping? He's being evasive. He even shook his head and said, No, he wasn't hurt. So you know, it, it just took a lot. And people, you know, just like, what? How can you defend him or what he did? Like, how did he run? Like, did he run outside the ring? Like, the man out punched Manny Pacquiao. He threw more punches than the guy that they claim won the fight. So, the man got outboxed, one-handed, two-handed, he was the aggressor. People say, oh, but Manny won the fight 7-5. I said, what fight were you watching? Nah, yo, that's that's the biggest thing. It's like, Skip Bayless, uh-hum, uh-hum. I don't know what the hell's wrong with his eyes, but there's no way Manny won that fight. There's, there's no reason to even think that, and the people who are of that opinion are batshit crazy. But people just wanted Manny to win. That's all it is at the end of the day. 
Like, when you want somebody to win that bad, your eyes start playing tricks on you. You start seeing shit that just ain't happening, right? You start seeing, like, punches landing when they ain't landing. That's what happened with Manny Pacquiao. Now, I want to say something, too, that I didn't say earlier in the show. We talked about Pacquiao's uh, torn rotator cuff. Floyd Mayweather had the same torn rotator cuff when he fought Jose Luis Castillo, and people said he lost. But Mayweather won the fight. Mayweather never cried about it. He had the rematch and beat the shit out of Castillo. So, Marvin, I'm going to ask you this. Does, does that injured shoulder mean anything in the grand scheme of things? In my opinion, no. And the reason why is because even after the Floyd, Floyd fight, excuse me, Floyd came out and said, you know, he had his knickknack. No one is 100%. You're going to have a nagging this. You're going to have a pain here. Floyd has had brittle hands. Like, I remember, like, on one of the very first seasons of 24-7, they did a whole segment of him going to the salon and getting the paraffin treatments where he had to dip his hands in the wax and sit there for an hour or whatever it was. So no one is ever going to be, you know, not 100% healthy. The torn rotator cuff, or, you know, as they call it, the Kobe injury. Now, I'm of the opinion that that could have happened during the fight. Did he have a minor tear that then got exacerbated, you know, in the fourth round and then the sixth round when he threw the flurry? Bob Arum is saying, oh, it happened in the third round. Then how did he flurry in four and six with one hand? Like, he was using both hands in both of those rounds, which he won on the judges' full cards. I'm not saying, you know, he had it weeks before, I said, oh, he had it in April, you know, everything else that goes along with that. At the end of the day, the man stepped in the ring, he, he performed, and that's what you have to take him as. I don't want to hear any excuses and mea culpas about he fought one sentence, that he made that decision. And I don't want to hear about the paperwork with the boxing commission, the tour it all shot. I'm like, if that was really the case, that would have been handled properly. I'm also not going to turn down a nine-figure paycheck either. You tell me I'm going to get $100 million whether I go in there or not. I'm going in the ring, I'm getting the nine figures, and I'm going to go home. So, Yo, I'm fighting with no like, feet. That's what he did. That's what Manny did. He got his nine figures and went home. Oh, yo, how does Bob say he heard it in the third round? You want to win him shooting in the gym? Yo, Bob, on, Bob. Bob is the worst, yo. Bob, Bob will say anything in front of the camera, yo. But Bob is actually, when we were during media day, he's like the most open person there. Cause he's we caught old. him in the media room. Like, when you're old and you don't even care, you be, yo, you say whatever shit comes to your mind. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's old. He's just basically the point of life now where it doesn't matter what he says or what he does. He's just going to be like, look, I'm Bob Arum. I done promoted fights and you know, the days of Ali, you know, I give him credit. The man has put on some great production, done some incredible fights, but, you know, he's, 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 he's past his prime, too. Like, Bob Arum, he, he's probably outlived his usefulness at this point. Like, outside of Manny, who's in his stable? Like, what is, you know what I mean? So, he saw this, and maybe it's his, you know, his victory lap, too. I got my best fighter in the biggest match of his career. I'm going to milk this. And as you can see now with his current statement, oh, no, we can probably do two better because, you know, the champs know each other now. We can work better. I'm like, really, Bob? You, you have a disdain for Floyd Mayweather for the past 10 years. Now everything is all good and y'all want to work together? Come on, man. What you I can tell you they weren't working together well. It was kind of a shit show. So doing it again, <laughs> like, it might be a little better, but not if he's requesting 50-50. That, that ain't, ain't never getting done. That ain't happening. You can hang that shit up. Yeah, that that's out of here. So Bob, Bob is on a different planet. Before we get you out of here, though, Marv, we, we got to know, what's Floyd's next step? What I want to see Floyd do is fight somebody of consequence, which I'm sure he won't in September, you know, and then just rematch whatever they're talking about for this, you know, next fight between them. Let that be the victory lap. Let that be number 50. You know, let him go out, you know, you know, with fighting Manny again. Or if he doesn't fight Manny again, I won't care either way. You know, I would love to see him fight somebody like Keith Thurman, which he probably won't because, you know, Keith is young and up and coming, got that punching power, as you saw in his PPC fight recently. You know, if he fights Khan, cool. If he doesn't fight Khan, I'm okay. Maybe Al Canelo again. I don't know. You know, Canelo, you know, might go in the ring this time and really 
not school Floyd, but he'll give him a better fight than the first one. At this point, Floyd can do whatever he wants. He can fight number 49, you know, right off into the sunset. I salute him as one of the best, you know, in the ring, one of the better business minds, one of the best matchmakers, one of the better promoters. You know, I'm not going to have him crazy high like you did, Kellen. You're top five, but yeah. the man deserves his respect. I'll give him his respect, everything off the side. So, you know what, Floyd's done enough. You know, ride off into the sunset, enjoy your nine figures, make sure, you know, all your kids are happy, stay about the news, don't get hit with any of those, you know, issues you have outside the ring, and enjoy life, man. I wish I had $200 million for 36 minutes of work. Word up, word up. Marv came through holding it down. Thanks for joining the show, Marv. I'm sure we're going to talk more about this episode and all our other episodes on Twitter. Marv is always the first one to let us know when I'm right. And you know when I'm a little crazy. You're fucking wrong. That's uh, what it is. Yo, so you're wrong. I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, I'm, you, you, you jump out the window a lot, Kel. Just you know, bring it down. But you know, me and Dre's a little bit older. You'll be younger than us. We'll, we'll just give you the you know we'll give you the proper teaching and the tutelage. But you know, I'm gonna let you jump out the window every once in a while because I do find it funny. I want to thank you all for letting me come on. Definitely appreciate y'all for all that hard work y'all did last week. I'm sure y'all grinded a lot. I definitely appreciate it. So you know. Yeah, yo, good looks, good looks. Alright, so we're talking wrestling right now. We gotta switch over a little bit to WWE. So payback is coming up. It's gonna be a dope pay-per-view. But first we gotta talk about Raw from last week. Yeah, man. I mean, this was probably one of the best Monday night Raws we had in a long time. And before you talk about it, it got like the lowest ratings of the year. Which is crazy. And maybe it was you know, in Canada, there were so many other things. Mayweather is just dying down, the buzz from that. NBA playoffs. It, it could be stuff like that mixed in to really hurt the ratings. But whoever didn't tune in missed out on a great, great card of matches. Yeah, man, I think the uh, the Jimmy Jacobs influence might have been taking effect because I know it's one of his early shows he was working. But from top to bottom, it was one of the best structured draws with a nice bit of surprises, some good matches. And, I mean... Actually, we had a great match between Ambrose and Rollins. That could have been four, four and a half, five-star match. That's probably one of the best matches I've seen. And I'm so glad to see that Ambrose isn't buried anymore. They're finally. doing something. God, they're finally doing something with him. He has so much potential in the Shield. Everyone thought he's the breakout star of the Shield. The other two get pushed and elevated. It's nice to see him not, you know, just fighting the opening fight on a card. He's actually doing something of consequence. I mean, but you look at that match with Rollins, and it's like the chemistry, because they already had a rivalry. Yeah, yeah. And the rivalry was good, and we were excited by the rivalry, but it's been elevated. And to see those guys wrestle on Raw and the tempo of it, and, I mean, the full repertoire was out there. Like, you had a little interference, but these two guys just know how to work together. And to have a, a match that special on Raw, it gets you that more excited for payback. Now, it could end up meaning that Ambrose is the one that gets pinned, their payback to protect Rollins, to protect Reigns, to protect Orton. But it's just really good to see him not get stuck. You know, like in the Luke Harper match, he looked great. At Amazing. Extreme Rules, at Extreme Rules, he looked great. So he deserves it. I don't know when Ambrose is turning heel because it's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but that dude's a natural heel. But it's coming at payback. I'll go out on, I'll come out on the limb and say that J&J Security are about to see their final days. I'm saying that Triple H needs to bring these NXT guys up at SummerSlam. The Kevin Owens, the Finn Balors, these guys up at SummerSlam. And I think Triple H is going to do that by bringing them into the authority and needing a new wave of guys to push. And I think we see the return of the Shield at Payback. I think these three guys 
are in this match for a reason. There's no no coincidence that we have Reigns, Ambrose, and Rollins all in the match, and Orton is the only man with no connection. I think they set it up to save Rollins, who still doesn't have a finishing move, by the way. True. And they hit him with the crazy shield power bomb, hit Orton with it. Rollins pins Orton. They let him go over. They let him keep the belt. And I think they come back together. And I think that is how the WWE solves the problem of, what about Daniel Bryan? What about the IC title? Well, you know what? Now you have a collective that can take all of the titles. And that's what's important. Like, how crazy would it be to just see the Shield reunite at Payback and run the WWE for the summer? Uh, wishful thinking, man. Wishful thinking. I don't think... They're not ready to turn Reigns heel yet. And it's not that time. It's, it's a little bit too soon. It might get teased. We might get, like, a triple powerbomb on Orton. We might get some teases. Um, but nah. Those three guys right now, got they have to dance a little more with each other. Because um, you know Lesnar's coming back for SummerSlam. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe in the near future. It's too soon to bring them all back together. Too soon. Way too soon. I, that's something I want to see. I think all three of these guys can carry those three belts into the summer. I mean, only so long that Cena is going to hold that U.S. title. Let's, yeah. let's let Reigns get, go over on Cena. You beat Cena. You want to be Super Reigns? Let him beat Super Cena. Like, Give him that opportunity and to take a belt. And we can see Ambrose taking the IC title. And we can have Rollins holding the main strap until Lesnar comes and beats the hell out of him for it on SummerSlam. And all three of them holding belts together. We, we saw that at NXT. We've seen it before. When everyone had a title. And how dope it was and how dope their promos were. And that's something that we can see again. And then now, it's not like it was before where people were like, well, you guys are Dean Ambrose and these other guys. Or Reigns can't hold a match. He can't talk. He's not a star. Now we've seen what they can do apart. We've seen that they're all their own people. Now let's bring them together and have a, a super entity. Like, you know, the DX of the past, the NWOs. Make a young one. Too soon. I'm, I'm going to kill it. Too soon, man. We got to let these guys live on their own for a little bit. Like I said, Ambrose is a heel. He's a natural-born heel. He's, he's a Brian Pillman. Yes, all the time. <laughs> so... For him to, to, to join forces to be second fiddle to Rollins isn't isn't in the cards right now. It's too soon for that. There's no reason until the, each of these guys reach their pinnacle and there's a force that they can unite against like a Brock Lesnar. I just don't think it makes sense. But the otherwise, I, I think it's payback is going to be great to have a fatal four with all four of the minute. I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm not ready for it. The though. reason is the NXT guys. You've got to bring them up soon. We've seen them inch closer. We just saw Sami Zayn. Give Cena one hell of a match on yeah, Raw. But, he's, but now he's injured. Sami Zayn's hurt. Torn rotator cuff. He got the Mayweather. He got. <laughs> so I got the Mayweather. <laughs> he's pulling the Pacquiao right now until we see him on NXT next week at the TakeOver special. Well, therein lies the problem. Because Sami Zayn is now hurt, we don't know if he's going to make TakeOver. That injury is that bad. Cena, and I give props to Cena if you watch the match very closely, he carried him and babied him through the match because he realized he was hurt. He hurt himself during the entrance. That's so crazy. <laughs> like, but anyway, going back to your point about the NXT guys, I don't think a lot of them are going to get called up right now. NXT's still growing, and I see uh, Balor getting called up. Owens, not yet. I think Owens needs to go ahead and run, run roughshod over the NXT for a while um, because you got UHA Nation coming. Samoa Joe, I don't think Samoa Joe is showing up in NXT. I don't think it makes any sense. 
I think he's bigger than NXT. He could be an enforcer on 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 the main roster. So the call ups, eh? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not, I'm not ready for them call ups. Balor yet. definitely is going to get called up. He's though, getting we're, called. We're, we're, we're seeing star. we're seeing the Balor Club for, formulate right now yeah. in the NXT, and he's looking for partners and taking pictures with people. Yeah, I saw him with you know Enzo. Yeah, and big cast and all that stuff with the Balor Club hashtag. Like it, it's real. That the dude is a star. Now I'm gonna ask you because I didn't even ask you before the show. Did you watch the East, uh, 60 special last night? I didn't watch it. It's actually really good. The Beyond the Curtain, where they kind of go behind the scenes with Adam Rose, its character, um, Xavier Woods' character, and ah uh, oh, wow, I can't forget who else was on. I can't think of who else was on there. Um, but it, it was just a really good. ESPN show to show how some of the, uh, these guys work and what it takes to become a part of the roster. And um, I'm curious, when you after this segment, you go home, you go watch it. Adam Rose, if you watch this little story, you're going to feel like, damn, I should cheer for Adam Rose. <laughs> Even though I hate his character God, on the main he has roster. a horrible character. But once you see his personal story, you want, you're going to want to cheer for his character. Xavier Woods... Not so much because he's got a PhD. He's working towards a PhD. He's going to be the first wrestler with a PhD. And it works with his New Day stick, which we'll talk about the New Day again in a second. Cause they got New Day? One. Man, I like what they're doing. But that that E60 was really good. Wait, you just said you like what the New Day is doing? Right now, yes. As, oh, heels, as heels, the fact that they won on Raw, I was happy. I was happy that they stole the win. I, want them to, like, I like the fact that they're over positive now, that they're getting so much heat. But still finding a way to win matches. I need to just go get you all the merch I can find on a new day. No, I don't want any merch. That's just terrible. T-shirt. Nope. Nope. Don't do that. You don't went too far, bro. A big E singlet. Nope. Hell no. Yo, it, it everything. I'm getting you new day everything. My gift to you. Nah, I, I, but I do like what they're doing with them as a tag team right now. And I do like the fact that Cesaro and Kid are going to be back in the hunt. Because Cesaro and Kid are looking damn good as a tag team. Oh, yeah. And with Naomi being a heel, I think that means the Usos are going to turn heel too. So I think we might have some interesting things on the horizon with the tag team division. Yo, WWE has it said it, and Payback seems like it's going to be a, a great pay-per-view, which is odd because now it was just like, okay, WrestleMania's done. Damn, we're just doing nothing until SummerSlam or maybe Money in the Bank to see who the next guy is. But outside of that, it was like, eh, we're kind of bored with it. And, but we're actually getting a really good pay-per-view in the midst of that. Yeah. So maybe they're figuring stuff out. I mean, they might be. Like, hopefully Payback isn't trash. I mean, we got Cena and Rusev getting an I quit match. And I don't know who the hell anybody can see John Cena saying I quit. It's not going to happen. Never. So, and you, you have the eventual Lana split, too, coming. People don't quit in I quit matches. You get yeah. knocked out, completely out cold, and then they put the mic up to your mouth, and then you don't say anything, and they notice you're out cold, and then you win. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen anyone say I quit in an I quit match. I mean, Foley did it to, you know, it happened to Foley with The Rock. Back in the day when they had the I quit match and they pumped his voice through the speaker. Yeah, I was about to say, it wasn't really yeah, him. it wasn't really. I quit matches are fucking stupid, okay? Because it never <laughs> happens the way it's supposed to happen. Nobody yells, I quit, I quit. Unless there's some kind of mitigating circumstance that has nothing to do with the match that happens. But it's dumb. And I, I mean, again, I've, I'm, of the, per, I'm the, the person that says, I don't want to see Rusev lose because I think Rusev is a great heel. And him losing Lana... I get it because she's hot and she, you know, all the, they want to push her as a face. But where do you go? Rusev loses three pay-per-views in a row? I don't know, bro. Yeah, that's going to bury Rusev. Talking about someone else we thought we were buried, that had been buried, Bray Wyatt's back. Yeah, against Ryback. You wanted someone he can beat, someone he can go over on, someone where he doesn't have to continue to lose. 
you know, it's that's right back. But it's problematic because you know what I don't get? Why? Why did this happen? The promo didn't make any sense. Nothing makes sense about this feud. It's just like two guys like, ah, all right, we're going to put you guys together. Let's go. I don't like it. That sister Abigail that he landed a couple weeks, so sick. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's that's why. That's why it needs, he needs a real feud that makes sense. The Ambrose feud didn't make any sense. Nothing that he has done makes sense. He Besides off, Taker. Yeah, which, but even that didn't make sense. It just kind of was like, yeah, we need somebody to feud with Taker. You're like the new creepy guy versus the old creepy guy. Go. There's no, like, genuine organic feuds that make sense for why. They just throw him in there with somebody and let him carry the promo. It doesn't make any sense. It's all right. And, you know, they're going to bring Balor up, and Balor versus Wyatt will probably be the Too first soon. feud. Nope. Who else he's going to feud with right away? You know, a feud with Bay. Like, stop burying Bray Wyatt. That's what we got to stop doing. I like Wyatt. But then I'm, like, head get... of the Wyatt fan club. Yeah, but he's going to get buried. It is what it is. That's what his job might be. Just be no. super creepy and be dope. No, he's got to win. He's got to go on a run, man. He's the he's the legitimate heel that draws legitimate heat that feels very genuine and not manufactured like Roman Reigns. Andres loves heels, man. I like good heels, man. That's what makes wrestling. I was a ravishing Rick Rude fan as a kid. Mr. Perfect was my guy. That was my dude. I like heels. I like a good heel because it makes the faces work better. You know, like if you're a great heel, you could be a great face, but... You got to have those obnoxious, you have guys that know how to play their role. Like when Stone Cold was a heel, Stone Cold was excellent. He just happened to turn into a face because society was changing. But Macho Man is a heel, great fucking heel. I just don't like like too many baby faces that don't know how to cut the cloth as a heel. You got to be able to do it. Ray White is that guy. Yeah, Wyatt, Wyatt has great potential. He, but there's not too many people he can go over on on the roster right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He needs to go over on somebody. Maybe he needs to be a tweener. Maybe he needs to beat up. My man Ziggler and Sheamus and Barrett. Maybe he needs to just start beating the shit out of everybody on the on the mid-card level and just tormenting them. He's got to do something, but it's like these nonsensical feuds, I'm tired of it. Somebody needs to fix that shit pronto. Andreas, tired of WWE. What? Like, we never heard that stand. Yeah, Andreas is the heel of this show. No, I'm not. He is. You are the Macho Man Randy Savage of the show. All right, I'll take that. Snap it to a Slim Jim. <laughs> Alright, yo, we'll talk more wrestling when we come back next time, though. We're running out of time on the podcast. Yeah, man, yeah. But look, look, y'all need to, to, we had Marv on the show, and Marv's been a supporter of ours. And people say, oh, man, you know, I want, I'd like to talk boxing and what to watch, to watch, that, that with you. So, like, write us. You could be on the show, man. We'll shoot the shit with you. Yeah, yo, hit us up on Twitter. Anything, we just like talking. We like talking with the fans, with the listeners. Yeah. And if we talk too much on Twitter, obviously, we're just going to carry it over to the podcast. Indeed. You know, this is for all of us. We all want to talk boxing. We all want to talk wrestling. So we're here for that. Y'all just got to hit us up. So make sure you hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Kel Dansby on Twitter. Pretty simple. Yeah, I'm at Andreas Hill. Spell it out phonetically. Um, and what's the, what's the, the podcast? Give them the podcast Twitter handle. Podcast Twitter is The Corner LSN. On Twitter and on Instagram, yeah, yep. we have the corner pod at gmail.com for any of your questions. Please. Send it there. Man, we're, we're everywhere right now. Yeah, we, man. We just had four shows in a week. I know I need to breathe, breathe, man. I need to get the fuck away from you. I'm tired of looking at you. I don't want to catch the thought flu, so no. you you probably should get away from me. Yes, man. You are, you're infected right now. Indeed. Indeed. I'm over it, though. And, and Next week we'll talk, and, you know, Canelo Kirkland and all that will happen, and we roll into the UFC, so... We'll have some more fun and we'll have some more guests and shit too. We're out of here. Peace. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh-uh.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.